0: All right, hey everybody, and welcome out to Theology Thursdays. My name's Alex Hauser. I'm the pastor of discipleship here at Emergence Church. And I'm joined today with our pastor of theology, the man of the hour, the man, the myth, the legend, Doug Becker. What's up, Doug? I'm doing all
1: right, despite that very flattering greeting.
0: Yeah. Set you up well. So for everybody that's kind of tuning in. Yeah. For everybody that's kind of tuning into us uh here today, what Doug and I normally do is each week as we kind of um preach through scripture. uh, What Doug and I do is we dive a little bit deeper into each of the kind of themes and and the content that's really coming from the text. And so every week as we kind of like look at the scripture, uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper and just normally provide some notes for our community group leaders uh, and just maybe some other themes that kind of spill out of the text. Uh, Doug and I'll just kind of dive into those a little bit more. And so now in lieu of the coronavirus and everything that's kind of going around uh, in and around society today, Uh, As a church, what we're doing at Emergence is we're putting out some resources uh, each week. And so we have a couple of resources coming out every day. We've got a devotional coming out every morning. Uh, Our um, services on the weekends are recorded live uh, and provided digitally. So you can tune in with us. I believe uh, those, um, if you'd like to join us on Sundays, they are at 930. uh, Help me get this right, Doug. I think it's at 9 9 o'clock, 1030, 1145, and then it's 630 p.m. Am I right in that? I think that's right. That I think they're right following to our Totua.
1: Our yeah, that sounds right to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. So those are our digital recordings if you want to jump in with us. And then here, what Doug and I are doing, we're focused on, uh, we're calling it Theology Thursday. So typically what Doug and I do is we dive into, we call it a deep dive, and we'll, and we'll dive into some more themes and, and whatnot. And so we're going to be doing that on Thursdays now. Uh, as and just as a, an additional resource. And so we'll be putting this on YouTube as well as all of our other channels, uh, EmergenceNJ.org, uh, Vimeo and other places like that as well, and socials and Emergence Connect. And so if you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach me at alex.houser At EmergenceNJ.org, you can reach Doug at Doug.Becker at EmergenceNJ.org. Let us know if you have any other questions or if there's any kind of particular uh, content or questions you'd love us to dive into. Uh, We're happy to take a look at all of those things. So Doug, this week the big question that's probably hanging in everyone's minds right now is, you know, given everything that's going on with coronavirus and, um, and just, you know, the potential shut in that we're looking at right now and and everything that's kind of come about, you know, how is we, as, how are we, as God's people, you know, supposed to be looking at all of these things? How should we interpret these things? How should we view them? And how should we walk in light of them?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, and I think uh, we want to realize that at- everything that we do and think and say and the ways we interact with people are going to grow out of the deep convictions of our hearts. And so it's important really, I think, first to understand what God wants us to think about stuff like this. And uh, one of the things that is uh, uh, kind of grown increasingly obvious, and this is not to minimize the current situation or anything, but I think it's helpful to realize that this kind of thing is not that uncommon in human history, neither in the extent nor in the severity, Uh, not the economic dimensions, not the physical dimensions, not the dimensions of worry and concern. Uh, One thing is that we sometimes forget the blessing of God in our lives, Uh, God who has placed us at a very specific time in human history where we don't have to worry about things like uh, plagues that often. We don't have to worry about uh wars we're not we're not constantly concerned that we might die or our families might suffer from physical harm and we don't we don't have to worry really about famines when we're hungry we go to the supermarkets and even now that's what we do um
0: you're talking about us now in the western I'm talking, culture
1: yeah in our in our moment uh you know as as western uh modern western christians um there are there are uh disasters and, ter- and and hardships that happen and jesus tells us that this is uh this is kind of just to be expected um we uh, an example that I was reminded of this morning I was listening to um the um uh, john Piper's podcast on this and and he began reminding us of this tsunami that happened in two thousand and four mm-hmm. where 200,000 200, people were killed on a Sunday morning, including Christians worshiping in churches. Um, there's probably it's very unlikely that we're going to see anything like those numbers here in the United States, um, uh, or even even globally. It's questionable. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to predict the future or anything like that. But just keep in perspective that this kind of thing has happened, will happen again, and God's word makes us amply prepared. To respond in a way that honors the lord and um, and and brings about the good of um of our communities
0: as we 've seen as an American people too, and even as a world, like history tends to repeat itself, you know what I mean, just to that extent, we have seen wars, we have seen tragedies like this. And, and, you know, one of the ironic things that I was looking at, especially just for our church this past Sunday, we, you know, we couldn't gather together physically, you know, in, in our typical locations and campuses And so we, um, did a digital service and we had more people attend that digital service than we've ever seen before in the history of our church. And I just think it's really cool that in the midst of these times, it's almost like people long to be together, like they're longing, uh, to be the church and to gather together and to worship Jesus and to look to God's word for guidance, which I think is, uh, I guess it's a, a, an interesting irony and a healthy pattern, I think for us to look toward, um, you know, in the midst of crisis to look to one another as together as we seek to worship and follow Jesus.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we want to uh, d- dive in a little bit here um, in terms of uh, how, how the Bible helps us navigate these things, um, I thought that it would be helpful to first um, acknowledge that the scripture is pretty clear that God is indeed sovereignty and sovereignly in control of all things. Mm. Um, so there's different you know ways that christians will answer like where is god in all of this and i think the wrong answer to say is that he somehow is not in control or that this is the things like this happen against his will right Mm -hmm. um there's there's first off such a view is not more comforting right the idea that if something all all that it takes for god to lose um his grip on my life is for something bad to happen and that uh, he doesn't want it any more than I do. Um, you know, in a certain way of speaking, uh, that, 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 that this is no, that there's no way that God is, is in this at all. Um, is that's a very, that's a very frightening view to hold and it's not very comforting rather. I think, the, the view that
0: somehow, like this coronavirus, is outside of, outside God's, of God's control.
1: Will. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay. exactly. That that he doesn't. Um, that he he does not will this to happen. Mm. Um, that's not to say that God delights in bringing about suffering, and that God delights in in causing us hardship, or that he, you know, some somehow laughing at us, but, or anything like that. But you look at the testimony of Scripture, and you look at the testimony of just lives, and you see the ways in which God draws us to himself, right? Because I, 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 I think your, your view on suffering in this world is going to be vastly impacted by your understanding of what God's purposes are in this world. Mm. I've said this before, but I think a helpful way of thinking of it is if we think that God's purpose is to provide a nice play zone for his human pets, then yeah, this is very, very jarring, and it's very hard to make sense of stuff like this. But on the other hand, if we understand, as the scripture teaches, that God's purpose in the world is something along the lines of bringing glory to himself through the salvation of sinners by the death and resurrection of his son, then our world is going to look quite a bit different Right. Mm-hmm. Our world is, you know, going to look something like this because I don't know about you, but I was not brought to God um, in in times of ease and comfort. And when things were just going awesome and everything in my life was exactly the way I wanted it to. Rather, the, the times when he gets my attention and when the, and the times when he called uh, has called me out of darkness and, and when he brought me from darkness into light was a very dark time in my life when a lot of things were not going well. Yeah it was the I same
0: think, it was the same for me as well uh mm-hmm. probably the you know when i first turned to christ and looked to him uh as lord it was in a midst of absolute chaos
1: yeah yeah Exactly. And I think probably most people, most believers who are hearing this can probably understand. I think unbelievers can probably even get a view to that as well. Now that's mm-hmm. not to say that that's the only thing God is doing in this, right? God is always doing way more than we understand, but trying to discern and divine his purposes um, that that's uh, kind of foolhardy sometime. But one thing we do know is that God uses hardship to bring people to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and uh, so I think you have to have that in mind when you when you come to the realization when you're grappling with you know how how sovereign is God over these kinds of events, and I think of passages um, such as such as Daniel chapter four okay and in in Daniel chapter four uh, this is actually a uh, the king of Babylon is speaking here, and normally we wouldn't really look to him for theological advice but um the, but here um, he's been strucken by by the Lord with some kind of affliction, and he comes through it. And and the the way that uh, the way that the text introduces it right is it, uh, it talk, he talks about the his reason returning to him, and how he blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. So, you know, I think we we could safely say that the 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 text of Daniel is saying he's right in what he's about to say, and what he says is that the Lord's dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Uh, this i think is an expanded way of saying what paul says in ephesians one eleven, where he talks about the lord as the one who works all things according to and the, the counsel, counsel of his will yeah. yeah um and again that this is both if you think of the world the human history is kind of like a tapestry <laughs> um hmm. he, he's using both dark threads and light threads to 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 make that tapestry
0: Kind of reminds me of one of those picture collages almost. It's a cool idea, the, the tapestry yeah. image, where it's like you take events from history and you put them all together. And, and you know, you've seen these pictures before yeah. where I, I only ever see it with like Star Wars where they've got like pictures <laughs> of that. like it's Darth like Vader and Anakin. To
1: too, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they all like line together to make Darth Vader something or, or Star Wars. But and
1: if you zero in, some of those are very dark scenes, right? Some of those yeah. are very, but when you pull out and you see what God is actually doing, Like Until I'm in the position of someone who's ordered the universe and has drawn people from every tribe and nation and tongue into salvation, I'm in no position to judge God for allowing one thing or another to happen. What I am assured of is that he is good, he is righteous, and that he loves me. And that he sent Jesus to die for me. And that, according to John 3.16, most popular verse in the Bible, is how we know that God loves us. Mm -hmm. God loves the world in this way that he sent his son. Um, so, uh, another strong passage about God's control over here. We have natural events, um, in, in Psalm 104 verse 27, he's, he's talking about all of the creatures that, that are, that are in the earth. And he says, these all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. And that's our normal course of life here in the West, Right when you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So here we have the cycle of life that's happening all under God's hand. And this actually um, raises an interesting point, which I think is applicable to a whole lot of things. Like anytime we're call- called to reflect theologically on death, especially a lot of death, whether it's a war or some atrocity that's happened, whether it's a big judgment of God in the Bible, or whether or not it's a virus sweeping through our communities. Um, We we all have to grapple with the idea of suffering. We all have to grapple with the question of why does God allow people to die? And why does God allow people to suffer, right? Mm. We all acknowledge that. And in fact, I think if we all think about it, we understand that there's never been a person who's lived who's who's lived who has not died whom right
0: who got, the death rate is still charging forward at 100 100%.
1: 100 100%. it's uh, yeah it's looking pretty high and god is the one who has caused all of those deaths who has mm. taken life from every person who has ever lived in his time now if he is not wrong in doing that then he's not wrong in doing it now he's not wrong in doing it in calamities in atro- in atrocities and things like that in allowing those things to happen in using them as part of the tapestry of his plan right if if the general problem of death is something that we are at peace with theologically and in our minds and in our hearts then it's difficult to see how just because a lot of deaths are clustered together either because of all, because of the same cause or all in the same time or all in the same place. It's difficult to see how that presents a special case um, that, that, that suddenly should leave us speechless. Mm.
0: Which kind of is like, you know, that's the first kind of hurdle step through. You know what I mean? Is mm. uh, Especially in, our, in a Western culture, you know what I mean? Do we give God the sovereignty that he has? You know what I mean? A lot of times in our culture today, we want to be in control of our own destiny. Um, and I, I think there's still a little bit of, you know, an obstacle there, especially for, a you know, a Western North, you know, here in North Jersey culture, um, that we have to acknowledge that God is in control of all things. Absolutely. And a secondary question there is like, do we trust him as God? Do we trust him as Lord uh, in the midst of those and in the midst of calamity as well?
1: Hmm. A final passage that I just want to share on this point here is from Isaiah chapter 45. Um, and uh, the, I'm going to share verses 5 through 7 here Where God says through Isaiah the prophet He says, I am the Lord and there is no other Besides me there is no God I equip you though you do not know me That people may know from the rising of the sun And from the west that there is none besides me I am the Lord and there is no other I form light and create darkness I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Um, you know, and this doesn't get to the purpose behind it, right? He's not really saying why at this point. Right. There's other whys that are answered in the Book of Isaiah, and this is a spe- very his, uh, has a very specific historical context. But the the point that God is making remains even in ours, that it, it is from His hand that both light and darkness both well-being and calamity uh come so awesome so, so that I think is the foundation right and sure. that's one of those things this by the way is one of those things where you do have to be a little bit tactful about who and when you're going to share this with like we're sharing this with the express purpose of forming a sound foundation for navigating things with our heads straight as Christians. Right. Someone who is losing a loved one or who is weeping or has lost their job or something, this might not be the time to say, you know, God is really the one who, who, you know, brought this into your life for some greater good, maybe, but th- it takes tact and we have to know when to talk about these things. And and I think it, the point is often made and, is, and it's a good point is that, we should have these a strong theology like this in place so that when things when 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 things hit and we might not have the clarity of mind or our hearts might not be where they need to be in order to be thinking clearly, um, so that we're we're um, we are sustained by it uh, in it in advance. So sure
0: yeah and uh you know i'm I'm looking through our notes here doug um and most of the notes that you've provided here there's a lot of scripture that you're steering us toward but there's kind of one main passage that i've kind of hung on here which is this next one in in romans eight uh you know as far as looking at kind of the scenario i think i think romans eight and you have verses specifically verses 18 to 39 here uh i think is a great passage for us to really look at
1: because one option would be to just read the whole chapter because it's awesome
0: it is awesome Uh,
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and just read this passage sure and and then i'm just gonna break it down and make a few observations from it okay so paul writes this he says for i can well let me back up one verse here actually he says that we are we are children of god and if children heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ and then he says provided that we, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him, right? Mm. So suffering far from being, oh, God's lost control or something, right? is directly in the center of his plan for us as Christians. And right. it's important to have a healthy theology of suffering.
0: Right. And kind of ask ourselves too, like, are we only willing to to walk with Jesus in times of prosperity? And in, yeah. in the glory, that's what that is to come, you know, the promise for all of us in Christ. Or, you know, as, as Paul's calling us to in Romans, are we also willing to suffer with him? Yeah which is so, very appropriate for the kind of the scriptures we're walking through right now too yeah. where we're currently studying through Matthew 26 and yeah. Peter, you know, speaking up said, well, of course, wow. I, you know, I'd be willing to go to the cross with you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus yeah. rebuking him saying, well, three times you'll deny me, you know, yeah. but here Paul's kind of vamping on that too. And saying, are we willing to suffer with Christ? And mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very appropriate question for the time we're in. Go yeah, ahead. Doug.
1: We, we shared the Job's words to his wife before we started recording, right. That yeah. shall we accept only good from the hand of the Lord, you know, and, right. Never and never evil. Um, okay, so here's what Paul says now He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Um, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for, the, for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's a yeah. mouthful.
0: What a, it, it's such an amazing passage, too, and and one that's very, very appropriate, I think, for the for the times now as well, and times to come as well. But there's a lot in here, Doug. A lot, there's a yeah. lot to take a look at. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And so I don't want, obviously this isn't meant to be like a sermon on this passage or anything like that. Sure. Um, but a, a couple things here. First off that this is what we're going through now is to be expected because the creation right now is, as Paul says, subject to futility by God. It says, because of him who subjected it um, in the sense that we are, we are in this this process, all of creation is groaning right? um, elsewhere in the Bible. And this kind of, um, you know, uh, my understanding of the book of Revelation, right? Revelation is a bit of a tricky one to interpret, is that a lot of the things that are said there, um, it's, he kind of is presenting us with things that are just going to happen throughout human history. And kind of like what Jesus says in the passage at Ryan preached on Matthew 24 right there's just going to be wars and rumors of wars right and one of the things that John sees as 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 part of the revelation of this of what's of what's um happening in human history and what God is in control of is is that he sees these seals being opened and the third seal that is opened by, of of this scroll that's broken by Jesus is a black horse that comes forth. And this horse represents economic collapse, which we're dealing with now. And then there's another seal that is broken, the fourth seal. And what he sees is a pale horse. And the pale horse, Death and Hades follows him. And uh, authority is given this horse over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence. And so this is, this is normal stuff that happens, this groaning in the pains of childbirth that we're waiting for what God is eventually going to do, the redemption of our bodies, but we're not there yet. Secondly, we see how prayer plays into this.
0: Right. Real quick, Doug, first yeah. to, to kind of sum up that, that first thing here, and you know, the point that you're making is that this is to be expected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? These things are, they're not outside of God's control. And moreover, they're actually part of God's um, plan for humanity, you know, that we should expect these things. And especially as Christians, you know, look to the scriptures and look to what God has said, like these things will come. So when they do come, we shouldn't be throwing up our hands and saying, Oh, what in the world is going on? You know, where's God in the midst of this, but rather see that God's will is sovereign and that God is in control. Uh, and this is part of what is to be expected, uh, Mm. in terms of what it, what it calls to be as people and what it, what it means to be uh, a, a part of God's humanity.
1: Exactly. And I love here also how uh, how prayer factors in here, right? Right in the middle of this talk about like God's sovereignty and and our mm. and our longing for um, for for redemption and 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 for for the Lord to come, we're we're told about prayer and about how the Spirit helps us pray, which reminds us that that this need, we need to be a praying people through this through our sufferings. We are only as strong as our connection to the Lord and our connection to the Lord is vastly um, is, is of course established by Christ, but we experience it through prayer through actually spending time with him. And I love here how he says, we don't know what to pray for as we are. Yeah. right? Yeah. Like I sometimes look like, I'm like, well, should I pray? So I got this individual I've been praying for. I want him to come to Christ. He's worried about coronavirus. Should I pray that he gets the virus? So maybe he's he's, <laughs> he's drawn to God through it. Or maybe should I pray for God's protection? I don't know. Right. This verse basically is telling us, look, you're, you're, you're dunces when it comes to God's specifics. Like you don't know what to pray for. But guess what? The Spirit does and 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 when you 're in prayer, the spirit is taking your request he 's expressing them to God with groanings too deep for words he 's speaking to the father uh the Spirit is speaking to the Father it, things that are not even expressible by human language right. and the you know and you have this awesome awesome um picture of communion between the spirit and uh the father the father knowing what's the heart of the spirit and the spirit knowing what's the will of god so your prayers are effective even if you're not praying for the perfect thing but it's absolutely essential in our weakness Mm -hmm. and then he just totally lumps on this killer phrase that all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose Mm -hmm. and um I, do, I, I think that this verse is absolutely appropriate in times like this. Some people are like, don't just throw a verse like Romans 8.38 at me. Like, no, you, we should have Romans 8.38 thrown at us in all of our bad times because we need to be reminded that even in our tears and even in our hardships, um, God is working these together for our good just the fact the mere fact that we can't see how that is right now is no reason to say that this is not true. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're given the assurance that it absolutely is. So, yeah, yeah, I think that that's probably like the bullet points that I'd want to bring out of Romans eight right there.
0: Awesome. Uh, You know, one of the cool things that I think, you know, I I love that first, uh, you know, all things are working together for the good of those that are called by, uh, by god and I, I think a part of that you know if you look at the situation that we're in and and just kind of the current state of things it's almost like it affords us more opportunity you know what i mean especially as god's people more opportunity to be with god in prayer to be in god's word to be with one another in community if you know especially in kind of this um where we're at in human history we have technology like this available to us where we can instantly video chat with one another or call one another. And it seems like at least for yeah. me, I don't know about you, Doug, but I've been closer with my family and closer with a lot of people in the church than I have been over the past months, simply because of the nature of things. Yep. Like my community group is so anxious to be able to talk to one another. They're looking forward to the video chat we're going to have next week. And, and like praise yeah. God, you know what God I mean? Like God's people placed
1: you, us yeah. at a place in time when that's possible, even. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, like I mean, think rewind a hundred, 200 years. Like, you're in your house. You don't know what the heck is going on. All you know is what, you know, what you physically hear from people. Um, yeah. So how, I, how you
0: yeah. know, just real quick on that, Doug, how can, how can we just like as God's people, you know, knowing that this is a time to kind of draw near to God, you know, how can we make the most of that? Um, you know, as far as like, obviously we should be, we should be uh, in prayer with the Lord. We should be mm-hmm. in God's word, but um, how else can we kind of make the most of this time that we have available to us?
1: Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, as well, uh, the, I think the first thing is realizing, uh, that, that this is the time, like this is not a time to be, to slack off in your, uh, in your, um, uh, spiritual disciplines in your, in, in, in your time in the word and in, in your time in prayer and in all of those things. Okay. Let uh, me offer one
0: challenge couple, too. So like, you know, to your point, Doug, if, you know, if you guys are looking for a starting point, you know, we're putting out all the devotionals and everything else that's coming forward. But if you're looking for a piece of scripture, you know, most of us are studying through Matthew 26. If you if you come to Immersions Church, take this one, take Romans 8. And here's the one to meditate on for this week. You know what I mean? Let that be your challenge or, or maybe for today. Go through Romans 8 line by line and pray and meditate on everything that that God's promising in the midst of all of these kinds of things. That's that would be my challenge. You know, mm. the, the first one that's that's where I might start myself.
1: Yeah. And I think another passage that's been very encouraging to me in this respect is uh, from Revelation chapter two, where Paul, like Paul, (laughs) I'm so used to saying Paul writes, or John writes, but it's actually Jesus speaking, right? Like he's reading Jesus's words to the churches. He writes to the church in Smyrna and he says, um, he's talking about this suffering that's going to come upon them. Um, It involves them being thrown in prison and stuff and uh and it talks about this being a time of testing for them and so realizing that that is part of god's plan for our suffering this idea of testing and the way that jesus encourages them is he says be faithful unto death and i will give you the crown of life he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death Mm -hmm. and that's the idea it's like you know, even if the first death touches me in this, um, uh, it, it's con- through the conquering of of persevering in my faith that will not uh, that will that that will keep me from that will keep me connected to Jesus, who will guard me from the death that really counts, the second yeah. death, not being cast from the presence of God, yeah. and that's where you you are the safest, regardless of what's happening in your life regardless of what's happening in the world around you, you are safe when you are in the arms of Jesus. And so flee there right now. Mm. Um, so
0: Doug, let me ask you, yeah. we've talked a little bit, just, you know, we've covered a couple things so far, just kind of how we should view Uh, some of the current events that are around us, we've talked a little bit about how, you know, as, as God's people, um, how we should remember God's sovereignty in the midst of this, how we should respond personally, how we should take advantage of the times that are afforded to us, you know, as Mm -hmm. far as our own spiritual disciplines and following after God and, and joining together in in community. And I guess, you know, the next question I have too is like, well, you know, what about the church? What is, what is the role of, of Christians in the midst of, uh, you know, of calamity of, of, you know, pandemic and, and kind of, crazy events.
1: Well, there's obviously a ton of creative ideas that churches have, and and uh, it's probably not the time and place to bat all of those off. So I just want to make a few sure. general observations. So first off, uh, in Matthew 25, when the, the sheep are separated from the goats, uh, one of the things that Jesus says is characteristic of the sheep is, I was sick and you visited me. So caring for the sick is very much a part of what we are supposed to be doing as Christians. So that is absolutely in the center we have a, a, of of our of of what God expects us to be doing. Another now let me let me
0: poke at the obvious just for a second here Doug too because obviously so as the church we should be we should be caring for the sick and here mm-hmm. we are sitting in the midst of the coronavirus where they're saying the best thing you can do for people Don't go around, you know. Social distancing, you know. Don't don't get close to people and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I don't know about you personally. As far as like my concern for you know me getting coronavirus or or my fear of that, um, being in my being in my young thirties and and you know just in the midst of all this, like I'm I'm not overly concerned uh, for myself. My my wife and I are praying together, and obviously we're taking all the right precautions, making sure we're washing our hands, social distancing and everything else. But my main concern is for those who have lower immune systems. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm carrying the coronavirus around, I don't want to be getting other people sick, you know? And so I I think there's two parts here, especially now, you know, I was sick and you visited me listening to Jesus's words is, Mm -hmm. okay, how can we make sure that we are caring well for those that need care in this time? And number two, you know, is, is part of that making sure that I'm not bringing anything to them uh, that would make them more sick. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. kind of role to play yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. A, a lot of the the Christian media that I've been consuming uh, has uh reminds us of these awesome moments in church history where Christians have cared for people during during plagues mm. so um during the Roman plague there's a huge it's called the plague of Cyprian because Cyprian is the author who tells us about it uh, but uh, at its height it's it, probably with smallpox. That's what I've heard. But as, at its height, you have as many as 5,000 people dying in Rome. Whoa. And everyone is fleeing the cities <laughs> and just heading for, literally heading for the hills. And he, and we're told of how the Christians went back into the cities and died among people to care for the needs of the sick and the dying. <laughs> um, we're told, we're reminded of how, how uh, Martin Luther and his wife and his deacons remained in Wittenberg in 1527 during an outbreak there of, of plague. Um, we, we read about Puritans who, who cared for the sick during the great plague of London in 16, uh, uh, four, uh, 1645 and how Spurgeon, uh, Charles Spurgeon, um, cared for those during a cholera outbreak early on in his ministry. And that was physically being with a lot of these people. now. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but one thing to keep in mind, you want to take away their testimony, their, their care for people and uh, that they did truly help people. But you want to keep in mind also that this, all of these examples of going to people and physically being with them happened before the germ theory was known right was developed by louis pasteur in the 1850s right when spurgeon was doing his thing this was when louis pasteur was discovering germs and bacteria or right and so before that they have this miasma view of sickness that that the air just goes bad especially around rotting things and if you're just in that zone then you're going to get sick there's no notion of the idea that there are these things inside me that if i come close to you i'm going to transmit them to you Sure. So, so
0: what you're what you're suggesting then, Doug, is that perhaps uh, now in in kind of the current era, we might want to look at things yes um a little bit differently. A better
1: understanding of how to care for sick right mm. does mean uh, di- does mean distancing. But that um, um, and and you know as, as you said, as as younger people, uh, still younger, maybe not for many more years, but um, uh, as still younger people, yeah, we have very little concern. Like I kind of. <laughs> I've kind of found myself thinking that I kind of want to get it that way. I know that, you know, I develop an immunity and I'm all right. You know, yeah. um, everyone in my household will probably be fine. Even if the thing swept through here, um, Lord, Lord willing. Rolling, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yes, part of me loving my neighbor is, is to, is to realize that just because I feel invincible, not everybody is and not everybody does feel that way. Mm. And, uh, even if I'm convinced that I don't have to be, doing things. Um, uh, The the idea is that uh, you want to be let your light shine before others and you want, which means that we should be concerned about how other people see us. Like, so you're not worried, you know, uh, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, the Lord's got the whole world in his hands. And so I'm just going to go out and, 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 you know, go to restaurants and bars and parties and things like that. Well, no, like we should be it 's biblical to say that we should be concerned about um about being well thought of by outsiders that 's one of the right. qualifications for 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 the biblical eldership um in romans twelve eleven paul uh, twelve thirteen rather Paul says, "Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all in second corinthians eight twenty one um he 's talking about like his precautions to make sure that um uh, uh, they're above reproach in terms of this monetary collection they're doing. And he says, we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. So, you know, that's part of our witness. Part of our witness is, is, is being careful and, and realizing that a lot of people are freaking out and uh, our job is to love people and not to instigate more freak out.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, some of the cool things that I've been seeing too, uh, just from friends and family members. And, you know, for those that are making it into a grocery store and can pick up like the, the 36 pack of toilet paper, cause all of the stores, all the shelves are empty right now um, are sharing that with folks uh, and just providing basic needs yeah. um, in, in different ways. You know yeah. what I mean? Splitting costs, others uh, who but have the ability
1: for people, like if they're, if you exactly. know, like elderly people who maybe can't go out, Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so like you said, we don't want to go down an entire uh, uh, ramp of different creative ideas and whatnot. We're sharing those together as a church and in different communities. And if you have ideas like that, please uh, voice them. You know what I mean? As much as we can love people well, we want to do that, especially during this time. Uh, and as well as responsibly as we possibly can, given, you know, sound advice that's coming forward about social distancing, but uh, it's just cool to see how the church is kind of responding in the midst of this. And, and we're, we pray all the more that we would continue to do that well and, and, uh, and just reflect Jesus well to the community around us.
1: Yeah. Uh, and just remember, you know, our health, our hope was never in health and economic prosperity in the first place. Right. Um. And um and and that's as true of us today as it was three weeks ago when this wasn't even on our radar screens. Yeah. So, um, Hope's always been in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And and you have opportunity to to show that to other people right now.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's pray all the more and and together that we would be able to do that well, uh, to love others well, to be able to reflect the love of Jesus well, um, and that we would love our families and close ones. Um, and care for one another really well during this time. Uh, Doug, thank you so much uh, for your preparation today. And thank you for uh, just um, helping kind of guide us through some of the thoughts of of how we can really look at this. Uh, For all of you guys listening, thank you for joining in today. Uh, We pray all the more that God would genuinely use this time uh, to be able to lift Jesus's name and make Jesus great and and allow the gospel to go forward. That others that during times like these, um, when everyone's kind of looking for guidance and looking for uh, just kind of insight and, and wisdom into what's going on around us, that that the gospel would be there and that Jesus' people would be ready to share that uh, and to love others well. Uh, that's our hope. That's our prayer during uh, this kind of season as we go forward. And so, Doug, you and I will be available uh, each and every week. If you guys have questions, please feel free to email them in. Uh, you can leave comments below too. We've just opened up a new uh, channel for Immersions Church on YouTube. Uh, so feel free to leave some comments and Doug and I will chime in as often as we can. Uh, and until we see you guys next time, take care, be healthy, and uh, God bless.